Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. It's good to have you here with me. Hope everything is going beautiful with you. Hope everything is going beautiful with yours. Well, the title of this show, before we get to the regular show, I'm going back to dealing with uh, a couple of minutes of a topic, and then I do the show, right? I built this wall brick by brick, and I'm asking you, are you also building your wall, or have you built a wall, and why? Okay, because this is a choice. Building a wall around yourself is a complete and utter choice, hopefully. Hopefully things in life have not turned out to the degree where you feel that you have to build this wall. Now, me personally, in my own humble opinion, I am a master mason, a master stone mason, not the secret society, not the secret group. I am not a member of that group. If you go back a couple of shows, I stated very clearly that any group that would have me, I would not have them. So I am not stating not lying, not trying to harp on the subject that I am that kind of mason. I am a master mason of building the wall. I've been building the wall for over 50 years, and I know how to plug every hole that comes into that wall. It does not have leaks. It, it is a perfect structure, and it's also the most imperfect structure that's ever been built because I think about it daily. How necessary is it? Okay, because when you build the wall, you isolate. You isolate yourself from other human beings. I am not a person who receives, no, I receive phone calls. I receive text messages. I receive emails. But I do not send texts. I do not send messages. I do not speak to people on certain levels. I don't let people in. You know what? I don't say much. You say, why would a person who does a podcast? But if you've been listening to me, you hear how I talk. I measured with my words. I measured how I talk about people. I measured with how I talk about myself. I've always believed in speak when you're spoken to. People that know me can confirm that. I don't just blurt out and talk all day and all night. It's not what I do. I'm a person who likes to watch and learn. I really have zero trust in other human beings. I trust one person. That's my wife. This is a complete and utter sacrifice. You have to sacrifice the ability to co-mingle with other human beings to be more internalized. This is something that everybody cannot do. You cannot build a wall and tear it down over and over at the same time because that's counterproductive. Either you're going to have it or you're not. I try to give and not take, not to be beholden to other people. I take 
every single thing that happens to me when another individual is involved personal. It is personal. I don't care if they didn't mean it. It doesn't always mean that it's personal because they wanted to harm you. It's personal even if they want to build you up or raise you up or help you out. Everything to me is personal. Maybe that's a bad way to go through life thinking, but that's who I am. Once again, I want to state that building that wall, especially if you're a younger person, this is going to be one of the hardest things you ever are going to do. See, I always desired, since I was very young, to be robotic. I always desired to have everything in order where it was supposed to be each and every time. I, I, I beat myself up when I took things that were out of order, out of place, sloppy, unorganized, disorganized, chaotic. I hate chaos. I don't like to get too high about anything, and I definitely don't like to get too low about anything. So depression, I don't know about. Manic, happiness, I don't know about. I try to stay on as much of an even keel as I can. When I am weak, I desire to be strong. I try to grab onto something outside of myself, but not another human being. I guess it's spirituality. I guess it's faith to remain strong even in my weakness, but to remain humble because I am not the master of the universe. I am just a member of the world. I like to play the background. I don't really like to be in the front ground, but if I do something, I'm not afraid to shine. See, just because you have a wall around you doesn't mean that you don't take accolades, that you don't try to do the best that you can to your abilities, but you just remain humble. You try to forgive and forget. See, but the problem is with that wall, those abilities to remember stay trapped in that wall with you. Now, the forgiveness you can do is the forgetting that's the hard part. The wall that you built around you, if it has a ceiling, it traps in the ability to forget. So you're constantly thinking. You're constantly going over situations. There's no time in my day where I don't go over situations in the past. Even though I can't change them, I'm trying to build on something going future. I hope you do not have to build a wall. I hope that I stated that before. I hope that you have people in your life that you trust, people that you can go speak to, people that will help you in situations where you feel alone. See, that's the difference with me. I've had this wall up for so long that I can be alone, but never lonely. I'm not going to play uh, Webster right here. You can look up the two words. Alone and lonely are not the same. They are not the same vibe. They are not the same spirit. They are not the same meaning. They are, to me, totally opposites. I have been around groups of 20 25 people, yet I was still 100% alone in that crowd because I could not confide. I could not speak to anybody on a deep level. Oh, sure, we talk sports. Sure, we talk news, but I never talked me. I never talked me. They could talk them to me. I know how to keep a secret. Like I said, things, memories stay behind that wall. If you truly have a wall up, you don't spurt out other people's business. You don't gossip. You don't spread rumors. Things stay trapped there. It's a safe. It's a safe haven for you and your thoughts. And if you're trying to tear it down, 
be slow. Don't open it every brick. Take it down the same way you built it up, brick by brick. Don't just blow the whole damn shed up because if you do, you won't be able to handle the flood that might be coming your way. Now, I appreciate you listening to me. If you're having a problem and your wall makes you feel isolated, depressed, and lonely, reach out to professional help. It's all right to do that if you feel that it becomes too heavy because carrying those bricks can eventually break your back if you're not built to do that. Okay, so Mr. Mike Williams, the ex-NFL player, did finally succumb to his injury and pass away at the age of 36. I'd like to wish him rest in peace. Singer Irish Grinstead of the group 702 died at the age of 43. You would remember 702, a group of three young ladies from, I believe, Las Vegas. They was around in the... 1990s and some of their big hits were Stilo, Where's My Girls At, You Don't Know, and You Just Never Know. Those were their big hits. So the House Republicans decided to release a short-term bill to avert government shutdown until October 31st. We are sending money after money after money to the Ukraine, and we can't come up with a budget that's going to protect Social Security, that's going to protect schools, to protect funding for states. This is ridiculous. It's really ridiculous how the Republicans and Democrats are conducting themselves when they're supposed to be taking care of the constituents, not causing a battlefield that their constituents have to live among, and we have no control of how they handle their day-to-day business. They act like immature children, and they need to get their shit together because lives depend on their actions. So Disney and Charter finally reached a deal to end the media blackout. This happened, I believe, uh, one day early last week, Right before football was about to come back on, I believe Monday Night Football was going to come on. And you know what? I hope this is a deal that's long-term, that doesn't cost me additional money, doesn't load me up with channels that I don't need because I'm a grown man. I'm not dealing with any Disney channels, per se, other than ESPN and ABC. So it took two weeks, but they finally found Danilo Calvacante the fugitive killer that was running around Pennsylvania. They finally found this dude. He had people uptight. He had people, uh, you know, loading up their weapons and being on guard. And you know what? That's a funky situation. And I'm glad that the people in that area can now rest peaceful, knowing that this dude is off the street because he was armed and his weapon did have bullets. And we don't, we have to be thankful that he didn't harm any individuals while he was out on his uh, excursion escape. But they have to, uh, they have to make sure shit is tighter in Pennsylvania, that jail, so that people like him do not become a menace to the normal people in society. It was not fair to anybody in that community to have to live in fear because of Danello Calvacante. So Sean Werner, 
the co-founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Rolling Stone magazine, has been removed from the Hall of Fame board of directors after he did this interview and he made these dumbass comments about females and black artists not being like master standard. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him, but Jan Werner can go fuck himself because he's an it, obviously an absolute idiot. To say that females and black artists are not at a master level, has he ever heard of Stevie Wonder? I mean, really, has he really ever heard? Has he taken the time or is he just a racist and it's just coming to the surface? And you know what? If you want to look deeper into him, you do that yourself. But like I said, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this idiot. So MGM cyber attacks are still going on in Las Vegas. You know, people are locked out of their rooms. Uh, uh, they're waiting on long lines. They can't use their rewards. They they can't use ATMs. And I really want to say this. MGM is doing what MGM's doing. I can't say if they should pay or shouldn't pay. It's probably easier to pay, but then, you know, what's the ramifications of paying somebody that's holding you hostage? But I am ashamed. And I am disgusted by the Las Vegas bloggers slash YouTubers. Other than one guy named Jacob, these fuckers in Las Vegas are acting like nothing is going on there when they could be doing a public service announcement to their fan base. They could take 20 minutes out of their day, walk through an MGM property and show you in real time from a real person who's not... Uh, ABC or news affiliate, what is going on there? Just in case you were coming to town, say that you're a fan of this this vlog and you watch them daily, and maybe you're even crazy enough to have sent them money. And now they're telling you like everything is just a-okay, and you come to town and you find out that you're disappointed because you can't do this, you can't do that. This is off. These lines are long. You can't use your uh, rewards cards and things like that. This is what they're supposed to be. But this makes me just think that for the most part, the bloggers and YouTubers are on the payrolls of these hotels. They're told what to do. They're not independent thinkers. They're frauds and phonies. So they can all collectively, all of them other than Jacob, go fuck themselves. I mean, they're just going about their business of hidden slots, gambling, and making it seem like nothing else is going on in that town. They won't tell you about the homeless situation. They won't tell you about anything that goes bad in that town. And that's not a real life person that's giving you a review or something that's worth of your time. You have to say to yourself, is my time more valuable than being bullshitted by somebody? Because there's always somebody out there that's willing to bullshit you, willing to sell you a bag of goods. And you know what? You get what you deserve. If you accept it, you get what you deserve in this life. What are you willing to deserve? So I watched some TV. I watched this documentary called Live Forever. If you know Liv, she's from the WWE. It's Liv Morgan. It was a quick 45-minute quick documentary of how she made it, some of the trials and tribulations in her life. I thought that was interesting. I watched the whole season of Top Boy, the final chapter. Did I think it was good? Yes, it was good. 
uh, is there a big chasm between what goes on in America crime and what goes on in British crime? Yes. The gunplay in America would be 500 times more than you were seen in Top Boy. Uh, I thought that the English, for the most part, in this final season was horrific. 99% of the times I can understand what the Brits are saying. This season, it seemed like they put extra sauce on their accents. And some people I could barely understand. I had to watch all six episodes with subtitles to get to the point of some of the people. If not, I would have not understood what they were talking about. Okay, but is it well worth it? Sure. If you've been keeping up with Top Boy, you want to know how the story ends, and I can't give you anything away about the story. So, enjoy. I also watched The Dark Side of the 2000s. This dealt with the Siegfried and Roy. Me and my wife, the year we got married, went and seen Siegfried and Roy. And we was one of those people who were sitting so close to the stage that the tiger legitimately ran by us. We talk about that from time to time, especially since Montecure, the tiger, was the one who actually attacked Roy and basically made his life hell afterwards. And is trust me, there was nothing between that tiger and the audience. And we were members of the audience. Uh, did they put on a fantastic show? Yeah, Siegfried and Roy's show was was phenomenal. I mean, we seen back then we used to go to see magicians. We seen uh some guy named Thomas, we seen Lance Burton. So we actually used to go to the magician shows back in those days, Copperfield, stuff like that. But nowadays, you can't even use the, the Wildcats in your performances. And then I also watched The Shy. We're heating up towards the mid-season finale. And this episode dealt with the aftermath of Big Papa's father dying. Basically, Big Papa's father's funeral. And Duda showing up at the funeral. And how people are still commingling with Duda. Duda is a big-time character on the show. I see online everybody wants him dead. I need him there. To tell you the God's honest truth, I need him there until the very last minute he could be there because there's nothing else keeping the shy gangster. There's nothing else keeping the shy street. Uh, the shy is almost like Disney World, boy meets world type thing. You know, like where if you take Duda and his little crew out, you got Urkel running around there. I mean, it's an unrealistic view of Chicago where everything is kumbaya, everybody's eating healthy, everybody's doing well, there's no crime that's being committed. I don't know what section they live in, but God bless them. So we had Colorado State and Colorado go head to head this weekend. And this Jay Norville, he decides to, you know, kind of attack Deion Sanders for no reason. Dion's going to be Dion, and you know what? The sooner other people realize that, the better off they are. Because Jay Norville is going to be Jay Norville, right? So why wouldn't he want Dion to be Dion? Why does he? Why do black people try to force other black people to fit into one cookie-cutter mold? We are so many different things. It's bad enough that the others try to do that to us. But when we do it to ourselves, it is so disgusting. You know what? Jay Norville, team loss to Deion Sanders' team, 43-35 in overtime. I actually watched this game. I woke up at about 
12.30 at night, and this game was still on in the second half. It didn't end until about 2.30 in the morning. I mean, just let you know the power of Deion Sanders' program in Colorado, that they got people on the East Coast staying up to 2.30 in the morning watching football games about a college they don't give a damn about. But also just some information about this game. One of the star players for Colorado, Travis Hunter, was injured on a dirty hit. And by the way, Colorado had quite a few dirty hits in this game. So Travis Hunter is going to miss the Oregon game and probably the USC game. So you know what? I feel bad for Colorado. I don't I didn't expect them to win those games, but I think their chances are diminished with Travis Hunter being out, especially since he's their best defensive player and he's one of their top wide receivers. So the WWE brought by Nia Jax, which is kind of crazy. That was not on my bingo card. I didn't expect to ever see Nia Jax back in the WWE. She has a reputation for harming people. I can't say if that's true or false. But, you know, but I got no problem with Nia making some money. I got no no problem at all with Nia adding to the mix. I mean, I, I wish her the best in WWE. I hope she has a better run this time than she did first time around so the pga had a tournament this week and since it came from the west coast this thing didn't even start airing to six o'clock in the evening which i think is foolish when you air a tournament at six o'clock it goes on to like 9 p.m by then people are watching primetime stuff especially football who's going to turn from the nfl to watch a very minor pga championship but i would like to say Congratulations to Mr. Tagala for winning his very first PGA Tour. I mean, you know what? This this kid is young. He just came on the scene. I thought he should have been on the Riders' Cup team over Justin Thomas. And I stated that a couple of weeks ago. Tagala is, seems to be the future in this sport. Uh, I wish that he would dress better. I don't know what his deal is with these drab, dry colors that he wears. Maybe it's some kind of religious thing where, you know, bright and light is not humble and he needs to stay humble. So he always wears browns and grays and stuff. I don't know what that's about, but, you know, to each his own, it's his clothes, it's his body, he could wear the fuck he wants. I just don't like it when there's so many nice, colorful, nice ass golf costumes, you know, gear that you can wear in the course. So we had Grasso. Versus Shashinsko too. So Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shashinsko ended in a draw, a five round draw. So nothing has been settled. Valentina lost the first fight and her title to Alexa. Alexa gets to hold her title. I don't know if they're going to do Grasso Shashinsko three or they're going to let Grasso move on for a while. I don't know. It's not like Shashinsko is getting any younger. So there's decisions that have to be made. Jack Della Mandalella beat Kevin Holland via split decision. Raul Reyes Jr., up-and-comer, big-time hype guy, beat Terrence Mitchell by TKO in the first round, 54 seconds. It was a slaughter. Daniel Zellhuber defeated Cristo Gatos by submission. He put him in an anaconda choke in round two. Kyle Nelson de- defeated Fernando Padilla via unanimous decision. Lupe 
Gondanez defeated Elise Reed via submission. Now, I'm going to tell you, Miss Elise Reed was caught in an armbar that I thought was going to break her arm, and she did not tap. I mean, she actually got out of that, and I thought that was awesome. But she did get caught in the rear naked choke in round two to lose. Roman Kopoloff defeated Josh Freem via TKO by body punches. Uh, you know, but I, I took a real deep dive look into this fight. Roman is a lefty. Josh was not keeping his foot on the outside of Roman's left foot, which allowed Roman to pick him apart. And I'm talking about he picked him apart from basically ankle to nose. And he destroyed him. And then he finally landed this body punch in the second round that ended it. We had a fight. Edgar Chavez and Daniel Lerserda. It was a declared a no contest because the referee stopped the fight before it should have been stopped in the first round. I'm shocked that this hasn't happened before. He thought Daniel, when he dropped his arm, was saying that he passed out. But Daniel was dropping his arm to actually relax. He was in complete control of the situation. Would he had eventually maybe had to tap? Sure. But uh, you know what? I don't think the UFC has the best referees, but it is what it is. We had Tracy Cortez defeat Jasmine Jadavicious via unanimous decision. It wasn't the greatest fight. Uh, Josephine Knoxon defeated Manic Man uh, by unanimous decision. That also was not that great a fight. Charlie Campbell defeated Alex Reyes by TKO in the first round. Reyes is a, uh, he's a knockout artist himself, but he got caught. Charlie Campbell caught him nicely. I mean, that, that was a decent fight, even though it only went one round. Now, coming up this week, we got UFC Fight Night. Rafael Fariz versus Manzik Germont. Dan Ng is fighting Bruce Mitchell. Uh, Marina Rodriguez is fighting Michelle Waterson Gomez. The karate hotties married people, so she's Michelle Waters Gomez. We got Jake Collier's taking on Muhammad Usman, which is Kamara's brother. Brian Battle from The Ultimate Fighter is taking on A.J. Fletcher. Charlie Jordan is fighting Ricardo Romas. So this might be a good battle. You know, a lot of times you don't need to have top name or brand name people to put on a complete and utter show. I've seen it happen many times because these are people who are the most hungry. These are the people who are the most thirsty. These are people that want to make the money. So Aaron Rodgers suffered a complete tear of his left Achilles tendon. He's out for the season. He's claiming a miracle surgery, and he'll be back by January. You know what? Aaron Rodgers is a snake oil salesman who's selling the New York Jets fans a bag of shit. A literal steaming hot bag of shit on a 110-degree day. And, you know, he has no shame. He has no shame in his game. First of all, we'll get to the Jets later. But for him to claim that he's going to be back at the age of 39 when most people take about a year to get healthy from Achilles, he's just, I don't know why he continues to do this to him, to them. 
And Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs agreed on terms of a new one-year deal to end his holdout. Now, next week's show is going to deal with some people will never change. I had an experience with somebody recently that brought that back to my mind. And I want to discuss, not that person in particular, because I wouldn't throw anybody like that under the bus. But the fact that people really do not change core who they are. At their core, they are who they are. Now, I got to leave it there because this that was just a teaser. Now, the NFL, Thursday, we had the Eagles beat the Vikings 34-24. DeAndre Swift had a career-high rushing day, 28 carries for 175 yards and a touchdown. You know what? The Eagles are big on running the ball, and that's what they do, and they do it well. So far, they haven't had a real blowout passing game, but that is what it is. Now, yesterday... The Falcons beat the Packers 25-24. Bijan Robinson finished with 19 carries for 124 yards, four carries for 48 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the Falcons finished with 13 unanswered points to end this game. I'm going to say Jordan Love and Desmond Ritter both look good. These two young quarterbacks both look good. It looks like the Falcons have their quarterback and the Packers have their quarterback. So I can't round on either one of these young men. The Bills bounced back and beat the Raiders 38-10. Josh Allen had three touchdowns throwing, one touchdown rushing, no turnovers, which is the big key. But Jimmy G had two interceptions. The Ravens played the Bengals and beat them 27-24. It was another slow start for the Bengals. Odell got injured. I believe it was an ankle injury. Lamar Jackson went 24 of 33 for 237 yards, and he ran for 54 more yards. The Bengals got some problems, but the Bengals started off last season 0 for 2. I don't know how they bounce back. We shall see. The Seahawks beat the Lions on Barry Sanders Day in Detroit, 37-21. Geno Smith had two touchdown passes to Tyler Lockett, one in overtime to get the victory. The Colts beat the Texans 31-20. Anthony Richardson was off to a hot start. He had scored two times before leaving the game with a concussion. Actually, on one of his touchdown runs, he hit the back of his head in the end zone, and after that, they had to bring in Ghana Mishu. He took over from there, and he just led him to a nice, steady win. C.J. Stroud did not look horrible. He went 30 for 47 for 384 yards and two touchdowns. And I would like to congratulate Houston's wide receiver, John Michi. This dude was going through treatment for leukemia. He had to sit out last week with a hamstring injury, but he wound up getting an NFL reception for 17 yards. To go from leukemia to an NFL field, I tip my hat to him. I wish him nothing but n- nothing but great health in his future. But once again, the Colts beat the, the Texans 31-20. The Chiefs beat the Jaguars 17-9. Chris Jones, who I stated early, had just re-signed it so 
his to end his holdout. He had one and a half sacks. Travis Kelsey caught a touchdown. The Chiefs are still in that Super Bowl hangover. Thank you, baby. In the Super Bowl holdover, so that offense is not clicking at all, but they're doing enough to at least pull off a victory after losing week one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Bears 27-17. to Baker Mayfield went 26 for 34, 317 yards and a touchdown to lead them to a 2-0 start. Mike Evans caught six balls for 171 yards. Justin Fields, who was seriously overhyped, and I'm getting tired of the overhype of him. He went 16 for 29 for 211 yards. People had the Bears winning this division. People had uh, Justin Fields being put above people like Dak Prescott as a better quarterback. They had they had him in MVP talk. You know, that's why you got to be very careful about these announcers. Sometimes I just think they say things to get clicks, and that's what they're about. The Titans beat the Chargers 27-24. to 24. Nick Foles hit an overtime field goal in the rain to help the Titans snap an eight-game losing streak. I didn't even realize until I started looking at this game that the Titans was on an eight-game losing streak that was going back to the end of last season. Keenan Allen had a huge game. He went eight for 111 and two touchdowns. Justin Herbert is also one of those dudes who was seriously too overhyped. If you look at any top five quarterback ratings, Justin Herbert is always listed in the top five. And what has he done since he's been in the NFL other than put up Kirk Cousins type numbers? He gets some numbers, but I mean, where does it translate to W's playoff wins? It hasn't. The Giants beat the Cardinals 31 to 28. Daniel Jones threw for 321 yards and led a 21 point rally. A 21-point rally. He had two touchdown passes, one rushing. Graham Cano actually hit a 34-yard field goal with 19 seconds left to give the win. Walker and Barkley both had decent second halves. Uh, And this was the Giants' biggest comeback win since 1949. But the Giants have to deal with a Thursday night football game, and the fact that Saquon Barkley might be injured, and I don't know right now as I speak to you the amount of time. I don't know if, what the injury exactly is, if it's a high ankle sprain or worse. Uh, you know what? I never wish an athlete harm, so I'm not going to say anything that I cannot concretely tell you. But he was injured and had to leave the game, and he seemed very frustrated on the sideline. So, you know, I would think like most humans, we know our bodies better than other people know our bodies. And he could probably tell instantly what was wrong with himself. So we'll go on. And by next show, I will have some information for you. We had the Rams lose to the 49ers, 30 to 29. The 49ers forced two late turnovers. And it this is their ninth consecutive victory over the Rams. So that meant even the Rams that were going to the Super Bowl were losing to the San Francisco 49ers. 
And, you know, Christian McCaffrey was Christian McCaffrey. He rushed for 116 yards and a score. But this kid was the Rams. Puka Nakuda caught 15 passes for 147 yards. He was a fifth-round draft pick, and he has now broke the single-game record for receptions by a rookie by having 25 catches in two games. His first two games of his career, he has 50, I mean, 25 catches. He, You know what? I don't know what happens when Cooper Cup gets healthy. Does he not get as many targets? But right now, Matthew Stafford is targeting this kid. Let's say if he has 15 catches yesterday, I would think that he was targeted at least 18 times, and that meant he had 10 catches his first game, so I'm figuring he was at least targeted 13 times. I'm just being conservative here, saying there had to be some that were thrown into the dirt or dropped. But what a nice way to start your career. I wish I knew what college he went to. I should have did the research to find out where he came from. But this is a great way to start your career, wouldn't you say? My Dallas Cowboys, who are now 2-0 and versus New York, won against the Jets 30-10. to Micah Parson and the Dallas defense dominated Zach Wilson. All this nonsense about Zach Wilson can hold down the fort. Now that Aaron Rodgers is there, nothing's changed, and everybody still expects the Jets to shine and do all these great things. Well, it's not going to happen. It's time to wake up to reality. Wilson threw three picks. The Cowboys handled them, had no Brandon Cook, but CeeDee Lamb did catch 11 catches for 143 yards. And the big news for me as a Cowboy fan, the thing that makes me happy is because I'm expecting the defense to be dominant, is that Dak had zero turnovers. So that is huge. The ch- commanders beat the Broncos 35-33, rushed past for over 300 yards. He had three touchdowns but a bad interception, and he did have a Hail Mary at the end of the game, but they needed the two-point conversion, which failed. But this Sam Howell, he led a rally for the commanders, and they just held on. They did what they had to do to beat the Broncos. In the Sunday night football game was the Dolphins versus the Patriots. The Dolphins won this game 24-17. It's not like the Dolphins ran them off the field. Two of them don't know four or 500 yards. You know Bill Belichick's defense for the most part is going to show up. But Raheem Mostert had a pair of touchdowns, including a 43-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. And Tua had a two-point touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. And that held off the Patriots. I mean, like I said, the Patriots played defense, decent defense, but what you going to do? Now, tonight's game, you got the Saints versus the Packers in Carolina. And you also have the Cleveland Browns going into Pittsburgh. Uh, one game's at 7.15. The other game's at 8.15. One's on ABC. One's on ESPN. So you know what? If you wanted to, while the commercials was on, you could flick between the two games This is one of those rare Mondays where we get a doubleheader on Monday night. So enjoy. Now, week three's games. You got the Giants going into San Francisco to play the 49ers. If they do not have Saquon Barkley, which I don't think they will, there's no way I think that they beat the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm picking the 49ers to win this game. 
You got Tennessee going into Cleveland. I think that Tennessee is an all right team, but I do not like Tannehill very much. So I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns to win at home. You got Atlanta going into Detroit. Detroit has got to be feeling some kind of way today. So they're going to be prepared for Atlanta. I like Atlanta. I like Britta, but I think Detroit takes this game. You got the Saints going into Green Bay. Like I said earlier, Gordon, Jordan Love is all right, but I'm going to pick the Saints to win this game. And the Broncos are going into Miami. I don't believe in the Broncos, so I'm picking the Miami Dolphins. The Chargers are going into Minnesota. So this is the battle of the two stacked quarterbacks. You got uh, Kirk Cousins and Herbert. But I'm going to pick Cousins to actually win at home because Minnesota's been off to a rough start. You got the Patriots going to play the Jets. I'm going to pick the Patriots to win this game on the road. I do not believe in Zach Wilson at all. And I believe Belichick's defense will be prepared for him. This will be an ugly game, probably a sloppy game, a low scoring game. And that's perfect for New England right now. You got Buffalo going into Washington. Washington is tough. Uh, Bienemy has a decent offense over there. They got good runners. They got good wide receivers. But I believe that Buffalo is going to turn the corner and get in stride. And this is just going to be a victory. And it actually will help the NFC East to have Washington take a loss. Houston is going into Jacksonville. Houston ain't got no wins. Jacksonville is going to bounce back from defeat and right this ship. Then we got Carolina going into Seattle. Seattle gets the victory here. I don't think it's going to be hard. Chicago is going to get that ass whomped in Kansas City. Kansas City offense is finally going to come alive. My Cowboys, as long as, as, long as they don't get into a trap game, should beat Arizona. And I mean, beat Arizona bad. I don't see Arizona scoring a lot of points. I don't even see Arizona in double digits. And the Cowboys could cruise to victory. Your Sunday night game is Pittsburgh going into Vegas to play the Raiders. As long as the Steelers are adult and professional, they should have enough talent on the field to beat the Raiders. And next week, there is another doubleheader Monday night football game. You got the Eagles playing Tampa Bay. The bubble finally bursts on Baker Mayfield. He's going to be 2-1 and one after this game. And the Rams are going into Cincinnati. I think that Cincinnati gets their shit together and beats this Ram team. This could be a shootout. This could be a, a game where Barrett throws for 400 and Stafford also throws for 400. Where you could have Chase with 10, 15 catches. And you could have that poor kid with 10 to 15 catches. So that should be quite interesting. Let's remember, people, if you're building that wall, and that's for you. I mean, you're built for it. It is what you need to do to survive. Then build it sturdy. Be a master stone mason. Don't bullshit about. But if it is not for you, if this is something that you need to leave alone, get the tools to bring this thing down slowly. Don't do an avalanche. Because when the bricks come down and you're not prepared, you're going to kill yourself. Not physically kill yourself you're going to emotionally cause damage that you're not prepared for the wall was built for a reason it was built for a reason you built it more than likely to protect yourself from others 
and now you have it up it's nice and sturdy and if it comes crumbling down it's going to be crumbling down on your emotional well-being and you better be strong emotionally spiritually and mentally to be able to handle it i hope you never had to build one i hope that the idea of building a wall is foreign to you i hope the whole idea comes off as silly that why would somebody do that and then if that's your thought you're in a great place you're in a great place i give you two thumbs up on that i'm going to tell you like i tell you every time and i appreciate you listening i appreciate you spending time with me your comments are always welcome your shares and likes are always welcome any feedback that you give me is always welcome i you don't have to do it and you do it and that makes me feel great and for that i say thank you and i like you to have a peaceful week so i'm going to say peace to you and peace to yours it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.